and welcome to the TV Arc on the Arc of E Network. My name is Noah. And my name is Gavin. And we're the Blanchard Brothers. And if this is the first time you're hearing our voices, uh, we are the co-founders of thearcofe.com and the Arc of E Network, the uh, podcast network that you're listening to right now. We have the movie arc, the TV arc, the four-color arc. What, what, what am I missing in there? Carpenter Revisited. The podcast that started it all. Carpenter Revisited, yes. And most recently, The Bay of the Lynch. Bay of Lynch, yes, our most recent edition. And now this is our most recent edition, our sixth podcast on the network. Not bad. Still our first year. Can you believe that? Um, Six podcasts in. Some people would say six, a little overzealous. Six deep. Six as deep. they say. Yeah. Reminds me of the sixth day with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So, yeah, if you're not already terribly bored with this, go check out our other podcast. <laughs> Again, the movie arc, the music arc, the four color arc, where Mr. Matthew J. Blanchard, our awesome cousin and regular contributor to the site, talks about comics, etc. And uh, and we're completely yeah. dissing our other cousin, Patrick. Who... But Patrick is on Carpenter Revisited. Boom. Go check go. out our Vampires episode and our Halloween Spectacular. Spooktacular. Spooktacular, whatever you want to call it. That's what I call it. I called it the Halloween Extravaganza. But yeah, so upfront plugs for all of that stuff. We are the Arc of E, the Arc of E Network, whatever you want to call us. But now for the new branch. We've, we've had a TV arc section of the site up for a good bit. But it uh, doesn't have a lot going on in there. We have a ton of TV coverage provided by uh, the aforementioned Matthew J. Blanchard with his four-color section, where he covers a lot of the CW uh, superhero TV shows. But we've been sadly lacking on the, uh, the TV front. Luckily, uh, other contributor, Sunshine Mayfield, has kept us afloat. Uh, go check out his Game of Thrones uh, top ten theories for the final season. Go check that out. Probably our most popular article on the site at this point. And um, we also, I should mention at the top, we will be having two new articles up there. And part of those are going to structure what we're about to talk about here. That is the top 10 TV shows of 2017, as decided by the Archive staff. It's going to be our definitive top 10. We didn't do individual lists. We just kind of brainstormed it all together. Gavin and I are going to talk about that here on mic. It's going to be incorporated into said article, which you can go read by the time you're hearing this. Also, uh, as you see in the episode description, we're going to talk about Black Mirror, uh, and specifically Black Mirror Season 4, in a good bit of detail. Uh, Gavin recently got on board and binged through all of the series, so interested to talk to him about that. But Mayfield uh, also put together, in collaboration with me and also... Gavin, we'll get your thoughts on this, our uh, ranking of the 19 episodes of Black Mirror thus far, uh, from worst to best, if you will, or not so good to great, if you will, because I pretty much like all of them. We'll yeah, get into that a little great. later. So You're going to read me the here, list and tell me the top 19, or do you want me to like pull I it up inside? I think he's got them listed, so I can probably pull that up a little later in the episode. Yeah. We'll get to all of that. So, anyways... We're here, man. I'm, I'm finally glad that I have an outlet to talk about the bulk of what I actually watch because the last year, it's been a ton of series on HBO, Netflix, catching up on things uh, on Amazon here and there. Like, 
that's been the main focus. And when I broke it down, like especially when we were doing our movie arc uh, top 10 of 2017, I realized I probably watched like, you know, pound for pound by the hour count way more television than I did movies last year. I spent way more time at home in front of Netflix or HBO, like I said, rather than in the theater. So I am part of the problem, as they say. And as somebody who fully supports, like, going out to the theater and supporting movies in the theater, um, yeah, kind of sad looking back at that. But here we are nonetheless. So what have you been dying to talk about on the TV front that I've had to silence you on on all of these movie arc podcasts that we've been recording? Um, hmm. Let's see. Punisher? Which we talked about a decent a bit, amount. Yeah. Uh, we, yes, we basically threw in a bunch of uh, favorites on our uh, our year-end wrap-up cast. Yeah. Um, we did talk about Stranger Things on a movie arc, which we probably could move that episode <laughs> over here to have just another episode besides this inaugural one. Yeah, um, I may move that over in the feed just so people can check it out. Because I want to actually go through like Stranger Things legit, legit, like break it down i know a ton of people have done it but i want to good idea actually yeah so we covered blade runner in that episode as well we were kind of talking about 80s nostalgia but i think yeah. i could chop that out and just put it up as a uh, yeah. just a stranger things conversation it was pretty fun um of course the big one last year was twin peaks yes. the return or twin peaks season three which i can go ahead and spoil uh by the time you look at the list on the site this was the agreed upon i never got matt's input on this specifically but between me you and mayfield we all came to a consensus if we pick a, a top show of 2017, it was Twin Peaks The Return. For me, it trumped, like, everything in 2017. That includes movies. And, again, Get Out is, like, a masterpiece. That was my number one. Absolutely love it. But if I'm being completely honest with myself, nothing brought me more joy this year than the anticipation of Sunday night and then sitting down to watch another hour of Twin Peaks a show I never thought would be back on again, and then all of a sudden, oh, you get 18 hours of it? Mm-hmm. Like, completely unfiltered Lynch, every episode directed by him. Like, I can't describe to you, and we could do, again, and I'm sure we will, an entire TV art cast on the return itself. Or maybe we'll cover that over on Bay of Lynch. Again, uh, we briefly mentioned it. Over on Bay of Lynch, Gavin and I go through the filmographies of Mr. Michael Bay and Mr. David Lynch. And hopefully that sounds pretty insane to you enough that you'll want to listen to it because it's kind of a fun time. And we're just getting started in it, so yeah. it will get insane. We've, uh, we've got we... a ton of teasers up that you can go listen to as well as episode one. Uh, production has stalled a bit uh, due to Mr. Brendan Riley. I'm going to call him out right here on a podcast. Good. So when he goes to check this one out, and I'm like, hey, man, we started a new feed. Like, go check out the new episode. Subscribe. He will hear us saying that you have got to get your ass to my apartment, sir. We've got to record more. You're holding up the whole production schedule. It's the first drama we've ever had mm -hmm. at, here at the Archivee Network. Everything's very casual, very chill. But dude, dude's been out of town for like a month. Like get your ass to Charleston. Month. Yeah. Get your ass to Charleston. Yes. Get your ass to the, get to the chopper <laughs> and get to Charleston immediately. Okay. So that's we, been we, we still love the kid. He's yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I'm gonna talk to you soon, regardless. But come down here, please. We need to record more Bay of Lunch. So again, another plug: Bay of Lunch. Go listen, rate, review, subscribe, etc. All that good stuff. Yeah, Twin Peaks, man. I mean, 
I feel like we should put a pause on it because I could talk for an hour on just Twin Peaks The Return. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could put a pause on it. And I plan on rewatching it. I got the the lovely box. I showed you the box, right? Yeah. It separates and it's got the chevron pattern yeah. and it's like Dougie within dark and light Cooper, mm-hmm. dirty Cooper, evil Cooper, whatever you want to call him. Like the, the coolest packaging I think I've ever seen for anything. It blew my mind. I mean, when you talk about that, I think about all the people who like love that show and who died and don't get to see it. It's a That's a really, yeah, it's, no, it is kind of a parade of like, hey, here's the last act for this actor, this actor, this actor. And of course, you know, it was one of the last things Harry Dean Stanton did. I talked about Lucky on a uh, recent movie arc, but that was a great farewell performance for him as well in the okay. context of The Return. And I think something interesting to talk about, I love that you kind of went for it as much as you did. And we'll get into that in more detail on a future cast. But a lot seemed to have been made at the time about people who kind of came to it on Netflix, people who were not original fans. And there was this separation between people who like followed it from the beginning versus people who just jumped on board because it's like, oh, it's on Netflix, it's a popular show, it's a cult show, I'm going to binge it. And how many people were actually showing up for the return. And I got to say, I've seen a ton of people now, just now that it's on Blu-ray and DVD, going and picking it up and now like, you know, diving through everything or rewatching the entire series. And I know the numbers were low for it, which was kind of to be expected. Mm -hmm. But regardless, just the fact that Showtime let him do that to begin with, just let him be him for 18 hours. Still, I never thought I would see that. Nothing brought me more joy in 2017 as far as entertainment goes. Like that trumped everything. So having said that up front, some other things that you enjoyed from 2017. Any like new discoveries, stuff that started up like season ones? I know you talk. Here's what I want you to do okay. before you go into anything else. <laughs> Sell me on, not that I need to be sold on it, but why do I need to be watching Ozark like right now? So you got money Jason laundering, <laughs> drug cartels. Mm-hmm. Hillbilly heroin, hillbilly cartels, okay. fish out of water. Okay. Jason Bateman. Laura Linney. Laura Linney. Right. Rip Torn. Oh shit! You just took it up a notch. And Richie Valens' brother, whoever the actor is that plays Richie Valens' brother, is the bad cartel oh, dude. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. It is just batshit crazy from the first episode. Okay. Like, I really, if you will just implore me when we get done with this, we just need to go watch episode one tonight. Just watch episode one with me on TV after we get done recording this. Because I guarantee you that's the only thing you're going to want to do tomorrow is just binge. Watch it all, dude. You got to. Okay. I just want to see your reaction to episode one of Ozark. It's a strong sell. I'm going to branch off real quick, and then I want some more thoughts on whatever you want to talk about. Okay. But just recently it was announced that our boy Scoot. Yes. Scoot McNary. <laughs> <laughs> the Scoot McNary of it all. The Skeet Ulrich of our generation. He's joining um, True Detective Season 3, which is shaping up to be pretty amazing, dude. And again, a show that we thought was dead in the water, dude. Mm-hmm. They were marketing it as Season 2 being the series finale. Yeah. 
at a certain point. Because no one... You could buy, the, if I'm not mistaken, you can still buy the complete series, which is one and two packaged together. Yeah. Okay? So, the fact We're going to do a even, whole episode about how season two it should be respected. And I want to go ahead and draw a line in the sand right now. I don't know if we're getting this until like later this year or 2019. I would assume if we're still getting casting news, this is probably not coming out till 2019. No. When, when it it'll does come out, drop, it, we are doing week-to-week recaps. There's already a ton of shows that exist that recap it, but we will be covering it here on the TV. Yeah. Because you got Mahershala Ali, fresh off his Best Supporting Actor nominee, or when, when? excuse yeah. me, last year. You've got Stephen Dorff, who I feel like is totally poised to do a performance that's like nobody saw it coming. Yeah. Like, basically, what I felt like Vince Vaughn was doing last season, even though nobody seemed to give a shit, but Vince Vaughn was really kind of departing from what his current image had been up to that point, even yeah. though he started out in drama, and people kind of forget that. Mm-hmm. But he was in a bunch of indie dramas like in the 90s and Fucking stuff. Sell, dude. Yeah. But or that's not where my head went immediately. But That's yeah, what I think of when I think like of Clay drama. Pigeons and like a handful of Oh, you were thinking American Psycho? Is that what you were thinking? He's not. You're talking about Psycho. Psycho, sorry. <laughs> not American Psycho. Not American Psycho. Dude, I've been drinking, okay? Yeah. Anyways, we got drunk and decided yeah, to start felt, a TV arc I episode. I felt like, you know, the second season got pretty derided overall. And I know you and I were fans of it. And my buddy Tim, also a huge fan of it. But it seemed in general that most people just were not on board for that season. And you know, and, but, but that's made, perfect so. because that's the perfect allegory for that series and for that season. Okay? Nobody cared. That's the allegory <laughs> for the entire series. It's art imitating life. It is imitating art imitating life, dude. Art. Do you know what the biggest shame, like the biggest like swindle in history of, of that state is that no one cared about? Regale us, brother. Whenever for the like the third wh- time on a podcast, have I already talked about this? Definitely talked about True Detective season two and how it's all about California and how fucked up it is. No, the biggest swindle in history is when the rubber companies came in and tore up all public transportation. Making it so that you had to buy a car, so that you have Carmageddon happens, and people fucking hate traffic in L.A. But nobody cares. Nobody said a word. Nobody batted an eye when it happened. And that's what happened to that season. At the entire events of that season, no one bats an eye at. It's alluded to that things get changed, but nobody cares. And that's what everybody said. We don't care. But it's probably because you have a bunch of different directors doing something, whereas the first season was one director, one vision all the time. Yeah, and I don't know what the plan is for this one at this point. I just know that Jeremy Saulnier is involved, but I don't know if he's doing all of it. He should do all of it. just a chunk of it. I hope he is doing the entirety of it, because he is one of my favorite new directors. So, we're very excited about that here, but ne- um, yeah. Were you tying that, that in because be it takes place in the Ozarks, too? Yes, that's okay. the tie-in, of course. Um, so, yeah. Back to anything else that you feel like I need to be watching right now. I know Ozarks is the one you've shouted at me multiple times. Did you ever check out Dark on Netflix? No, I need to. I have not either. I haven't spoken to anybody that has. Yeah, we, but I we heard should, a lot of we should know, run through that. Things, so. Dude, anything that's gonna have me with subtitles, I, I'll watch, but I gotta be there for it. I can't like that's one thing I love and hate about Narcos is that mm-hmm. Narcos you gotta pay attention to the subtitles. Yeah, and I just I can't. I will shout out. I don't know if it if it was a series or or a movie, and I missed it. I started it last night. I just it showed up and it said um, uh, cocaine lords or cartel lords or something. But it started and it was about Escobar, and I don't know if it was just like a an hour long documentary or if it's part of a, like a, a, a show on Netflix. 
but they had the two DEA agents that are portrayed in Narcos, like real life now, mm-hmm. discussing the things they went through that like stuff you they didn't show you in Narcos, like you would never know about, like this waiter who stole some silverware and like Pablo Escobar said, come here, let me talk to you. Somebody gave me some duct tape and they like duct tape this dude together and threw him in a pool. And that was like the entertainment for the next 20 minutes. Like how brutal that dude was. And it, I mean, you get there in Narcos, I'll tell you that, but you don't get like that level of brutal. Gotcha. But the, the guy who plays him spot on. And of course, Boyd Holbrook is great. I cannot tell you the guy's name who's in Game of Thrones. That is also the um, DEA agent. Uh, Pablo Pascual. From Pascual, yeah, yeah, he's great. Because um, he was in, matter of fact, he was in Kingsman too, which I never saw. I need to watch Kingsman too. I have not watched the second one. I yeah. Um, let me see. So, as far as TV shows, there is this one on on USA called Damnation that I wanted to watch that started last year that's running now. Um, there's another one that's going to be coming out on WGN that I've been hearing stuff for with Anna Paquin, where she's like a a, home, a small town like investigator, and there's a transgender teen that goes missing, and it's like all of a sudden everybody in in town is a uh, a suspect. Um, my friend Becky got me started on Riverdale, but like, I don't really want, I don't watch a lot of stuff like serial and she watches a ton of shit. Uh And like, I'd like, I would, you know, she's like, I'm watching this. And like, you know, the next day, like, I finished all that. What? Well, I just, I watched it all. Cause like she doesn't have her, her and roommates don't have cable. Mm -hmm. So like she'll just watch a show so much so that she, she, I think she said she finally got Hulu. So she can, like, catch up with shows the day they happen instead of having to use Cody. Right. So, like, she can watch literally everything that's on network TV the day that it comes out on air. Nice. Which I thought that'd be cool for, like, stuff that I wanted to watch on network. But there's not a ton of stuff. Like, you know, I binged How to Get Away with Murder. Okay. Um, the first couple, three seasons when they showed up on uh, there. Never seen an episode. Dude, Shonda Grimes. Is it Shonda? Shonda, Shonda Rhimes. Yeah. She'd get you lost in the sauce, dude. Like every episode, <laughs> every episode, every show she writes, it's you would think you would think you get bored with it, but I'd watch a whole ten seasons of that show. That's what I hear. I mean, that's, that's I don't know how she does anatomy it. Anatomy is still dude. going strong, yeah. apparently. I, yeah, I I have never watched an episode, but I don't intend to. Me either, dude. Because as far as I'm concerned, dramas after ER. Yeah, that is it. You can't. Which all all of ER is streaming somewhere right now. I think it's on Hulu. I think so. I don't have. I think I had to get it. But I did recently say, dude, I don't know how I fell down the rabbit hole, but I was like, how did ER end? <laughs> Just that thought occurred to me. And I was like, all right, let me check this out. So I immediately, I go to IMDb and I look at the last episode. And I'm like, holy shit, they got Clooney to come back? Yeah. They got Juliana Margulies. They got Noah Wiley. Like, they got everybody. Everybody that was alive. That they, they didn't, unfortunately, no ghost of Mark Green. No, but yeah, dude, they brought back so many. People. Did you watch the episode? No, I haven't watched it yet. But I, all I want... when I saw it was streaming, I was like, maybe I need, maybe I need to do a Hulu subscription, dude. Just I'm to jump you. on, and there's so much other stuff on there. Handmaiden's Tale, that's the biggest like. That's what everybody's talking about. Missed that. boat at this point for me. That's the one, you know. You there's so many shows that people are constantly throwing at you, but yeah. that is the one that has risen above the noise, so to speak, where it's like, okay. I feel like I missed out on the conversation. I really need to catch up on this one before season two happens, which is like very, very soon, I think. Yeah. 
So we need to do the next episode of this needs to be called Water Coolers, and we just need to recap some of our favorite water cooler shows from like not that aren't now, that aren't on now. They have to have ended. So you got your Breaking Bad, your X Files, your Twin Peaks, Wayward Pine, under. Six Feet Under, your Sons of Anarchy, your Shields, your maybe the Shield. I don't know. I feel like the Shield is a little more niche. Yeah, that's niche. You're right. Like you more have to, niche than Sons. Your Mad Men's. Your um, yeah. you know, stuff like that that you think are that sh- if they weren't to the broader like audience, why you I think mean, they I should f- be? That'd be pretty I mean, dope. I honestly feel like. As a true proper introduction, shortly after this, we need to do our top ten favorite shows of all time. Yeah. Because you can see the top five on the site right now if you go look at the uh, About Us section. But you but, don't know the episodes, so we have to... We have to. Yeah, no, we can go... That's what we'll episode. do. We'll go through our top ten favorite shows and we'll pick, like, we'll say uh, minimum of one, maximum of three episodes that you can recommend that if you were going to be okay, this is the episode you need to watch to sell you on this show, or, hey, I want to recommend this one, or you need to watch these separated over seasons, or however you want to break it down. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and stake that in the ground. That will be our episode two. Perfect. Top ten. And let's stick to it this time, because very rarely do we put some in the ground and keep it there. Yeah. Yeah. But I I love making outrageous proclamations, so. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, I mean, you've been making this one for a while. At, yes, but we're finally here. Hopefully, people are actually hearing this by the time it comes out. Anyways, um, going back to 2017, just in general, we again we hit a good bit of stuff on that last final movie arc episode. I recommend you go listen to that just to hear a shout out, a handful of other things. But Fargo season three is yeah. something I recently caught up on. I cannot recommend to you more highly enough that you should start from the beginning and just tear through all of it because it's amazing. Baskets. But, I've yet to watch an episode. I've watched please. a few episodes here and there sparsely, and they're hilarious. I don't know what's going on. I'm right there with you. But I got to watch it's that coming show. coming back soon. And that, yeah. that one and Atlanta, the two big FX shows that I am totally behind you on. You didn't right watch. Did, I watched the first three episodes of Atlanta, and then. I just, I lost, we started doing this and I couldn't yeah. keep up. Dude, it is, it is crazy how hard it is to fit in time to watch it when you are living a normal, like, nine to five life, quote unquote. Yeah. And also trying to, like, come up with content and output content on a regular basis. Like, it's hard to actually recharge the batteries and, like, oh, I've got, like, a spare hour here. Like, how much television can I watch? Yeah. And how should I spend my time? And then you spend all this time thinking about, oh my God, my my one friend tells me to watch this, but I don't know. He was wrong about this other thing, so I don't I, I don't know. Maybe I should put that on the back burner. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> and then an hour's gone by, and it's time to go to bed. And you end up watching Friends that you've seen fucking a thousand times, <laughs> yeah. or you throw on Portlandia, which I've I have literally seen the seven seasons of Portlandia probably eight times at this point. Like that's a constant one in the background. Arrested Development. Um, For me, I have it's like Family Guy. Always Sunny before they took it off Netflix. I could literally sit here and talk about every episode of It's Always Sunny, over and over, because <laughs> it is one of the funniest shows I've ever seen. Agreed. No, that's one of my favorites. But um, to maybe if you want to segue into uh, something else you want to talk about. Maybe it is time for us to get the uh, recall vision, the recall eyes, so that we could just, you know, have one eye going playing our favorite TV shows while the other one's doing work. Yeah. 
I, I guess or, if you want or to get them jacked in, unless you got other shows you want to talk about. Um, one one thing I was gonna mention, just because we're gonna do a little special giveaway. I'll go ahead and tease it now. Um, American Gods, which yes. aired on Stars this year. I don't know if you watched any of it. Don't based off of the Neil Gaiman novel. I watched it on Blu-ray. I will gladly lend it to you. I'm done with it. Okay. Um, speaking of said Blu-ray, I'm pretty sure I have a digital code in there uh, to redeem the ultraviolet. And ultraviolet, excuse me. Had a little um, clockwork orange Freudian slip there. Anyways, <clears throat> if you want... This digital code for season one of American Gods. Stay tuned because we'll have a question at the end of the episode and you can email the E at gmail.com with your answer and the first email will receive said digital code. Okay? So, uh, very quickly, it's based on the Neville Gaiman novel. I was recommended it by Mr. Barron Williams who is hopefully very close to done with the new logo for the E network. Very cool. I've seen a rough draft. It's coming along quite nicely. Can't wait to show it to you guys. Anyways, he was totally on board with it. He's listened to the audiobook. He's in love with the story in general. So he was like, you gotta watch it, you gotta watch it, you gotta watch it. So I finally get around to it, and it pretty much delivered. Um, it is one of the most visually uh, dazzling and spectacular shows on television right now. It is some bold-ass storytelling, brother. It is, um, it is nuts. It is confusing in a good way. Hmm. It, like, goes off on tangents and weird threads that you don't expect it to. And it's anchored by some pretty solid performances. You'll recognize Mr. Ian McShane uh, of Deadwood fame and John Wick most recently, I guess, for most people. And uh, who else have you got in there? Emily Browning, who was in... You're not even going to talk about Death Race. Excuse me, Death Race. Who could forget Death Race? Actually, that the first one, right? Yeah, with yeah. with Statham. I actually really enjoyed that. Yeah, I, I remember that. that being one of those that it's like you don't go to in theaters, but you check it out when it comes to Redbox, and you're like, yeah, it was a pretty decent time. It was it was fun. Anyways, but McShane never bad in anything. He's fantastic here as uh, Mr. Wednesday, and uh, I don't really. I, it's one of those I don't really want to talk too much about the plot, but basically, you got an ex-con who gets out. And hooks up with a dude who's a bit of a shady individual. You don't know quite what to make of him. And uh, things go on from there. And they go on a road trip. And things get very, very crazy. Again, the show is called American Gods. So you can take from that what you will. Uh, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't know that it quite makes my like top ten of the year for TV as far as things I watched. But I definitely cannot wait to see a season two. I'm totally on board for the show. Definitely not for everybody. It is super out there, but only eight episodes, uh, and hopefully you're interested in checking it out. And if you haven't totally taken the plunge, here's a chance for you to do so free of charge. So stay tuned to the end of the episode, and we'll have a question for you, which will be related to something that we cover uh, by the time we get to the end of this thing. So without further ado, that was American Gods. Now, let's... uh, Peaky Blinders. Have you ever watched that? Yes, I have. And I, just, I am not up to date on Peaky Blinders. I am not, but I know I I, I know because I was hanging out and with with my friends, and they were watching an episode. And I don't know what's going on. All I know is Adrian Brody shows up, and they think he's like a Frenchman, but he's actually 
part of the Italian mob. Okay. And he looks dope as shit. And I don't know what the fuck's going on. So I'm like, I got to watch the show and figure out what I need to figure out. Tom Hardy is in the show. Season two. Sam Neill is in season one. Murphy is in the show. Yeah. Yeah, dude. No, it's... I did not mean to get my hair cut like it. I let the barber lady do whatever. (laughs) And it turns out she just took a little bit too much off. That looks good. But yeah. So. Yeah. I don't want to be accused of being a hipster. That's all. (laughs) Okay. I don't don't think I have to worry about that. Okay, thanks. Um... Anyways, that is that is another show that's like at the top of my list of I need to catch up on because Barum is constantly yelling in my ear like, dude, you got to catch up. It's so good. It's so good. And yeah, I haven't even gotten to the Tom Hardy of it. I don't even think I finished season one, but I, I started it at some point. Need to get back to it. Okay, so moving right. Okay, what one, else you got? One God more. God damn it. That is not probably going to come out till later this year or maybe even 19. Taboo. Talking about Tom Hardy. Taboo. Another one that I need to catch up on. And I don't know if they're going to redo. I need to. I only watched like the first two episodes um, when it first came out because then I lost track. But uh, Legend with Dan Stevens. It's a X-Men tie-in. Legion. Legion. I'm sorry. Not Legend. Because, um, yeah, that's right. Because I'm like, search Legion. Mr. Noah Hawley. Yeah. Who does Fargo. Yeah. So I don't know if they're going to come back with a season two of that. I'm pretty sure it's greenlit for a season two. Yeah. And Fargo is ostensibly on hold for the foreseeable future. Like, well, you know, it's kind of like they can come back and possibly do a season four, but there's no plans for it right now. So it looks like he's going to focus on Legion for, you know, the foreseeable future. Did you catch the uh, O.J. Simpson? People versus O.J. Simpson? Yes, I did. Are you going to watch the Versace one coming out? Um, I think the first one has already aired. I don't have access to FX because I don't have cable right now. But, yeah, I want to. (laughs) And apparently there's another, I don't know if it's (coughs) Paramount, which is Spike, which is now Paramount. They're doing a mini series. They've got the Waco miniseries. But I don't know if it's them or another network that's basically doing like the true Hollywood story, like, you know, the Versace thing, all that. But they're doing the big end Tupac one, which I thought was going to be the next one after this Versace thing for, um... FX, but apparently it's Katrina been... Katrina is the one that was originally going to be season two, and apparently now has been pushed to season three. Yeah. And um, I had heard they were going to do that in there, so that'll be interesting to see who yeah, plays People who. versus O.J. Simpson was incredible. Yeah. I loved it. But O.J. made in America. Oh, Still yeah. way better. Dude, I completely honest. forgot about that one, yeah. That six-parter, that was... The best documentary I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. Top to bottom. Oh, my God. I need to watch that again. Yeah. Is that streaming anywhere? I have it on Blu-ray, but it's lent to a friend at the moment. Um, I don't know. I haven't actually looked. Oh, my God. Dude, I tore, tore through that. Hmm. So good. Anyways, you want to talk about Black Mirror? We could you talk about Black Mirror. What you want to do? No, let's talk about Black Mirror. Okay.
so. What does Black Mirror even mean? You haven't gotten it by this point? Or like, are you messing with me or no? No. What is it? What is the, what is the idea of like, what, what is the, I don't understand because there's no synergy other than the callbacks. It's never the same actors. It's always its own unique story. This is a black mirror. Uh huh. So is it like you touch darkness, it touches back? No, it's just this is the black mirror. It's the black. The black mirror is technology being held up to your face. It's you being face to face with with technology. It's the blank screen. Because blank you're gonna watch the this, black mirror. Because you could watch this thing. And I mean, before you turn the, it on, it's the, the, if you want to get super meta, yes. Yeah. Black Mirror in and of itself is an episode, like the show itself, the act of watching it is an episode of Black Mirror. It's a show about the dangers of technology yeah, I get that, that we watch through an internet-based technology now at this point because it's Netflix. And as most of the U.S. did for the first two seasons because you couldn't get it here. So I, like a lot of other people, illegally downloaded it. Yeah, so I, I've been on board with it since uh, twenty. 13 at this point started in 2011 but yeah 2013 is when i discovered it and i burnt through you know seasons one and two at that point and i think the chris white christmas had yet to air and so that one is one that like it happened and then i caught that digitally and then it was what's gonna happen like when's it coming back and then all of a sudden it's a netflix show it's six episodes instead of three. Netflix is going to be its home from now on. So oh. when did you come to it? Because I heard about it on Kamel and Johnny and Emily V. Gordon's podcast, The Indoor Kids, and just heard them describe the first episode, which is the national anthem. Okay. I guess that's my other question. Did you start from the very beginning, or did you watch them out of order? I watched the first season out of order. Okay. Do you remember the article that was written about our podcast of the Daily Gamecock? Not like super in depth. Okay, but. so in the conversation about what we were covering, the little girl Lindsay that wrote the article, she asked me, "Have well, what are you going to cover? Like this, this, and this? I mean, you know, stuff like Black Mirror." And I said, "What's Black Mirror?" She was like a BBC show. That's a, and I was like, oh, "I don't never heard because it's on Netflix." And she said, you know, the kid from Get Out is in one. And I was like, really? She mm-hmm. said, yeah. She's like, yeah, it's like the second episode ever. I was like, okay, I'll check it out. So I went and I watched. She so watched 15 Million Merits yeah, out all of the, context. All the, way, essentially. All the yeah. way up until he like helped the girl get on the show. And then I stopped watching because I had to go do something. And that was that. Never <clears> had heard anything about it. Nothing. We should say up front. Spoilers for like all of Black Mirror yeah. if you haven't seen it because we may randomly have to describe a plot point that spoils something. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, we both I love it. Is that fair enough? Oh to say? yeah, dude. Yeah, it's one of my favorite current shows. I want more. Go binge all of it and then join us back here. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Um, to the point so where she was, was gonna friend. get on the show and then I, I quit and I just I didn't I didn't I didn't okay. So when the new stuff came up, and I saw who I thought was what I thought was Matt Damon, but I realized now it's meth Damon um, on the, I was like, Oh, maybe, maybe this is worth watching. And now I had seen national anthem. Where'd you get the phrase meth Damon from the internet? Who else calls him meth Damon? Uh, I mean, people I know. 
Okay, I thought that came from the podcast that I listened to that refers to him as Meth Damon, but maybe they're pulling from the internet. What podcast are you talking about? Bald Move covers, uh, they covered Fargo, so he's in season two. I mean, I thought I heard people calling him Meth Damon back like Friday Night Lights. I guess maybe that's been a thing and I just didn't know it, but I only heard it through that podcast. No, I I feel like it's been in the ether. That was them, okay. Not that, that Jesse Plemons is not I was great. Like, I know you don't listen to those guys. No, so, okay. no, not that Jesse Plemons isn't great, but he does look like Matt Damon. Jesse Plemons is fantastic. Yeah, dude. he, you know, you'll I be st- hearing more and more it. and I've, more from I've, him for the next several years. I'm yeah, and that's great. I hate him as like not him the person, but like when I see him on screen, I just want to punch him in the fucking face. I gotta get you to watch Fargo season two. It'll totally remedy a lot of that. I it hope really so. Will. I mean, that was fuck. That he's a fucking asshole. Oh, he's so unlikable in Breaking Bad. Yeah, agreed. And what I love about—I mean, we're jumping ahead to season four, but I know that's what's fresh on a lot of people's minds. So we'll we'll just jump around, whatever. But yeah, that opener, USS Callister, one of the strongest of the seasons. But I love how it plays with you're like totally on his side. For the first chunk of that episode, you're like, oh, this dude's like put upon at work and like, nobody appreciates this. This is his thing. Yeah. yeah. He's got this asshole boss, fucking McPoyle brother. Yeah. Up there. And you're just like, what the hell? And then like when you realize (laughs) the other side of the coin and this whole program that he has and how he's like stolen all of his coworkers DNA and put like essentially carbon copied versions of them into this simulator that only he has access to. And he can do whatever the hell he wants. Dude. Yeah. You go from like kind of identifying with this guy, almost feeling bad for him to like, all right, when's this fucker going to get his due? Like, is he gonna, is he going to get his by the end of the episode? And spoiler alert, once again, he definitely does. You, did you, you recognize the voice at the end, right? Aaron Paul. Yeah, I noticed dude. it of course immediately. That's the first yeah. thing I thought was like, fucking, okay, I got it. Um, but there's nah. also people pointed this out all over the place, but I'll do it once again. Kirsten Dunst is in like a single shot of this thing, apparently. What's up? Oh, I thought you were like, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Fuck Kirsten Dunst, I'm, I'm done. Uh, um, <laughs> After she left the Bring It On franchise, like I quit on her. Anyways, uh, but yeah, and she's in like she's that. in like one shot of this episode because they're apparent. They're like fiance right now i don't think they're married yet but they're like a couple in Ooh. real life and they were plemons and kirsten Dunst. do what yeah they're together wow. and they, they were in fargo season two again which you haven't seen but they were they played husband and wife in that i think that's where they met and i think they've been together since the, the the production of that so probably like two years somewhere in there anyways she's in there for like two seconds of course aaron paul Totally recognized voice cameo. Great synergy callback with Breaking Bad. Do you think he puts on his Friday Night Lights uniform and makes her put on her Bring It On uniform? I don't, <laughs> I'm I don't sorry. Wanna, that's that's mean. No, I'm just I don't know if that's him. mean. It's just no. That'd be cool, dude. That. Like, come on. <laughs> like they both didn't play. He wasn't play. He didn't play football in high school. She really wasn't a cheerleader. She probably was. But, like, that's how they, like... remember when he killed that guy on Friday Night Lights and then nobody (laughs) gave a shit? Yeah. (laughs) And then he he gave more of a shit than anybody else did. Dude, that's a show I binged the hell out of. And it definitely is, like, when you take it all on a binge like that, you're like, 
wow, they took some weird diversions with some of those characters. <laughs> yeah. I will tell you this. I will tell you this. I purposely did not watch the last five episodes of the last season because technically Friday Night Lights is not over for me because I've not seen them and I don't plan on watching them anytime soon because when I watch that show and I watch those next five, it's over and it'll never be, there'll never be another one to watch and I'm not letting go right now. I fucking love one that show. show. I wish I could undo that for, and it's six feet under. Yeah. Like if I could have never, I mean, oh god, talk about that show for days. Speaking of which, side note before we get back in more Black Mirror, here and now is the new Alan Ball show, mm-hmm. which will be starting up on HBO in February. And whether Gavin is interested in it or not, I don't know. I have to get you to watch the trailer. But you got, I think it's Holly Hunter. Or maybe Laura Linney. I'm not sure. I've only seen the trailer once. I'm sorry. I get them a little mixed up sometimes. But definitely Tim Robbins. But bottom line, it's Alan Ball, writer of American Beauty, creator of Six Feet Under, creator of True Blood. Not going to hold that up against him. Um, I can't wait to see what happens with this one. I, I, Of course, anytime his name is attached to anything, I hope it's the next Six Feet Under, which remains my favorite show of all time. So... I will definitely be covering that one, whether it's me doing a solo podcast, whether Gavin gets interested, or maybe my fellow uh, Six Feet Under diehard, Mr. Baron Williams, will finally join me, and we will do a weekly cast for that show, because I don't feel like it's going to have a lot of coverage out of the gate, because it's you know a family drama on HBO, but I think it's going to have a lot to it, because Six Feet Under seemed a little simplistic, if you will, at first, with just kind of like a a basic hook to it but it became so much more so that's one i want to try and follow from the ground level but that's here and now go watch the trailer let us know if you'd be excited for us to cover it in the future but as of right now i plan on covering it when february hits so anyways black mirror so your first episode 15 million merits is that the one you returned to because you said you didn't finish it is when you restarted or rediscovered Black Mirror. No, well, see, here's the thing. I watched that, and then somewhere in between then and this recent binge, I did watch um, national the National Anthem. And I was like, holy shit, this is great. Like, it, it works for me. I could totally dig it. Just can you imagine that's the premiere episode, brand new show on BBC. Like, how do you even market... Here's this new show. I don't know what the... Like, I would love to go back. I need to YouTube what some of the promotional materials were for the first season. Oh, yeah. But just imagine you sit down, and that's the first episode that you see. And you know nothing about this show. Like, you just happen to catch it on that time slot the night it started. Isn't that not when Tony Blair was leaving office? I don't... Yeah, 2011? I, I don't know. Because I want to say he was on the, on the out around then because <clears throat> when Obama became second term... Because I thought this was something about related to him because I... There is somewhere... I don't know what it is. Some documentary, some movie, something I saw where there was a they, there was a story about the fact that like this person had put... It might even been that, that, that conspiracy movie. Maybe I'm making all this up. But like no, this is a true story. Which you're like, about to say. like one of the PMs or whatever, like had, like put his balls in a pig's mouth or something. I want to say it's David Cameron, but I also yeah. don't want to say that because if it's incorrect, I would hate to put that on somebody. But yeah, it is a true story. I thought apparently. yeah, that's the thing, and it came out. It was supposed and to be this, this is huge... like loosely related to that. Of yeah, course. but yeah, 
this is again, I just heard the episode described on a podcast and I was like, what the fuck is this show? Yeah. And that's what hooked me into watching it. And at, at that point, like season two was already done with, like I said. So I just like tore through seasons one and two. And those are all, the, so it's only six <clears throat> episodes. What you got? Yeah, exactly. So I didn't re- okay. Now, I, because I White sw- Christmas had yet to air at that point. That was and that's Christmas the gap special. between yeah. That's it's the like, gap between two and three. Like the, like the Doctor Who does. I mean, that's a re- reoccurring thing for a lot of British shows, but it's like The Office has six episode first season, six episode second season, and a like hour and a half Christmas special, and that's it. That's yeah. The entire run of that show. It's like everybody it's thought fun. we were going to get a Rick and Morty TV special this this Christmas. I I like the controlled small seasons, and. But I do like that Black Mirror has expanded out to six just because, like, if we were only getting three a year, oh, my God. They'd have to be hour and a half, so they'd have to be. And that's what I loved about season four specifically. Like, they were such varying links. Like, you had what I think is the shortest episode in the history of Black Mirror, which is Metalhead, the second to the last one. 47 minutes, yeah. Yeah, super short. And then you had ones that bordered on feature length, like USS Callister... And Black Museum was a little bit extended, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and again, White Christmas, like they could have released that in theaters, as far as I'm concerned, and it, it like it could have made made decent money, man. Yeah, Just marketed on John Ham. Oh my God, that Rafe Spall. Yeah, that like I think I don't know if I've told you this. So like watching it through when I when I binged again, of course White Bear, I was like, oh my God. This is my favorite. This is the best thing I've ever seen. That one stands out for me. It's yeah. definitely in the upper echelon. Not then my I watch, favorite, but yes. Then I watch San Junipero. The fan favorite, inarguably. And I was like, this it made me cry. I was so, like, happy, happy. Like, happy tears. And so I'm going through and I'm looking at this. And everybody's telling me, oh, you got to watch season four, watch season four. So I go watch season four. And then people ask me, like, what's Hang the DJ all about? I'm like, I don't know. I didn't watch it. You haven't watched it? No. So I, I watched it. One night, night, one night, so I came home from here, matter of fact. I watched it. And I have never had a more visceral reaction to the end of an episode of any television more than I did with that. Mm-hmm. I literally was like, ah, just like going apeshit. So much so that the minute that it ended and it was done, turned to my iTunes, Smith's Essentials, song number two, Panic. I listened to it three times, and I was home. Like, that episode, I don't know what it was. I don't know. I don't even know what it is now because I talk to people about it all the time. I don't know why I have that reaction that I do. I don't know if it's how well it was done, what you see from her perspective versus his the idea of being stuck in something, but you want to be somewhere else and you know it. And that is the essentially like the, the catalyst for this system being what makes it so good. It's not mm. about what the system tells you. It's what you buck the system and buck the trend for. Like it, I don't know why it worked perfectly for me, but then it, it ending suddenly with just her kind of like, let me move out of the way of this table and walk towards him. Like, fuck yeah, dude. So perfect. I think I, I mean, I think it's right there. It's the romantic in you that those are the two episodes that really stick out for you. Yeah. San Junipero and Hang the DJ. And I think that's why a lot of people, those are kind of the overall consensus as like fan favorites. Because 
what we haven't mentioned, if you don't already know, and again, stop listening if you haven't watched Black Mirror. Please stop listening. Go watch it. It's the darkest show on television. Yeah. Period. I, I can't think of anything that consistently covers the depths of humanity and darkness that Black Mirror does over the course of its entirety at this point. You know, yeah. We're looking at 19 episodes. What's it? What but are the other Stan two? Stan Giampero in... and Hang, Hang the DJ stand apart as kind of hopeful for a lot of people. And they really dig the endings and that they're a little more lighthearted and they don't end on a bleak note. And I totally get that. I love both of those episodes, but they're not, you know, <clears throat> they're not necessarily like what I want ultimately from well, Black Mirror. Like what the concept that I was sold on initially and I think they're really interesting. And I love that they fit in with two other episodes we can talk about. My favorite of season one, which is the entire history of you. Yeah, that was actually, I, I mean, I like that one the, overall. The memory implants. And of course, it's Toby Kebbell, amazing actor who was in Rock and Rolla. I uh, forgot about that day. Movie. And he was Koba in uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. But there's the whole jealousy angle with his wife and like whether she may or may not have had an affair with the friend and all of this different stuff exploring that whole angle of like what you would do if you had access to somebody's memories and like whether you could erase things, all that sort of shit. Fascinating. And it goes super dark. Um, you've also got, <clears throat> excuse me. Mm. In season two, you got be right back. Yeah. Very emotional one that I feel like is like totally emotionally effective, but not one that I necessarily like want to revisit all of the time. Whereas a lot of these other episodes, like I could watch on a loop almost, but those are kind of the four core ones that I feel like if you have that romantic instinct and that's like you fall, you normally fall for those sort of things in movies. Those are the ones that you really latch onto because they're very, they're very human and hopeful and heartfelt in a way that the rest of the series isn't most of the time. The well, rest of the series well, is usually very bleak about humanity. Well, humanity in the, in the, in the, well, any, well, even in San Junipero, there is that you did get that sadness and the bleakness of like, I, I, my, my husband is, didn't stay because our daughter died. Mm-hmm. He, how he said, how could I do this? Knowing she's never going to be there. So he did decided not to, to cross over. He just decided to die. And, San Junipero, more than anything, was I watched right after Uncle Kent passed. And that one just got to me all in the feels because of all the context. Mm -hmm. But I have said to many people that, like, if I die, I would love it if I got the chance to go back and pick five or six years of my life and just relive it. I don't change anything by existing that on a loop. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Obviously, I don't know it. But it calls into question, like, well, if I decided that I wanted to be, from the time I got out of Thomas Sumter to moving in with you at USC, some UNC, USC, well, that's a chunk of people that half of them I don't talk to now because I don't like them anymore. Mm-hmm. Or like I'd cut out that my, you know, my 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 wife in the future, my my kids, because right now that's what I'm thinking. So the idea that you could take yourself and your consciousness and be aware. That now you were going to this place that literally was heaven on earth. And the song playing is what got me too. That you could have your consciousness saved 
in a place that allowed you to exist and you could take yourself out at any time. That's the one thing I didn't like about the episode. There was no yes or no. It was a yes, no, maybe so. Like, it's either you you die, you cross over, but if you cross over, you can always check out too. You can take yourself out of this at any moment. I didn't like that, but mm-hmm. I feel like if they gave you that hard yes or no, you'd be like, well, this is a... The, it either leads, either leads to more gravity in the situation or you just, you know, there's nothing. Like, there's what's the point? And see, Everybody think, should do it if you can I take yourself I out of it. I think I always have read the, like, the final shot as a little different than everybody else does. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's kind of the wry, like, ha on the end of it that people don't necessarily see. But when it pulls back and you literally see just, like, all of this... It's just inside a, a bay of computers. It's mm-hmm. a giant bay of computers. They're literally just ones and zeros. And regardless of how much like consciousness and emotion, all of that that you want to assign to it, like it is just a little sad in and of itself that it's like, yes, all of this is being lived and felt and all of this is going on. But in the grand context of like actual reality, this is what it is right now. They're, yeah. just, they're just in a giant sea of computer modems and parts and electronics and shit. Yeah, because that's if you it. if you cut the power to that, it's done. It's all gone, never yeah. coming back. And, that's and that is the finality I, of it, of yeah, like, exactly. that's where the technology and is. I, I feel like people want to take San Junipero as like this, like, completely hopeful. And that's what I feel like is every episode of Black Mirror is, is tempered with that, like, yeah. But if you think about this hard enough, like... Maybe it's a little bleaker than you think it is. Oh no! Even in uh, the happiest moments, dude, I'm just saying. I'll tell you right now. You can you can call me. You can hit me up at all my stuff where I'm online. If you were to tell me that I could go chase Dylan Roof with Bibles in a black sheet all day long, all I had to do is pay ten bucks to go. I would totally do it. White Bear with the patron run correctional park where they mm-hmm. chase that bitch down every day and take pictures of her freaking out for that heinous of a crime you're telling me you wouldn't do that all day Again, long another another brilliant shift of perspective which the show does constantly that is my favorite part about that show you the twists are the bests you start out and you're like this is a horror movie like what am i inside of right now it's like manhunt that's what i thought of yes and the exactly. purge and like yeah you're totally on her side because again Horror movie situations, that's one of the easiest things to like. You don't even need to set up the character. But if they're in that level of peril and you see what they're faced with, these like crazy masked fucking maniacs coming after them is what you're thinking at the beginning. And like people, they're like following with the cameras and stuff. I haven't seen this one in a bit, but like, aren't they? They're all filming her constantly and everything, but nobody will speak to her. Nobody will help her. And you're just like, oh my god, like what this terrible thing. And then when you get to the reveal that like, yeah, she's atoning for this fucking terribly heinous shit that she did. She didn't even do it. She just videotaped her boyfriend do it. And that's the, that's what it was. the brilliance oh of it is god. because people yeah. get to videotape her now living through I this peril when all she did was she yeah. It, dude. Yes. Because he had like he had he Super. essentially he murdered well, he took his own life in prison and they were like, Well, he got off too easy. So we're gonna do this to her and the 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 this is the first one because Netflix, I don't know if I, it just didn't do it for me or if I just said no, but this is one of the first ones I watched the credits for. And when you watch the credits, you get like everybody coming in and you get the actors being like, okay, we're going to have a lot of fun today. Here are the rules. Number one, be safe at all times. Number two, 
Yeah, Get, no, the, take as many pictures as you want and have as much fun as you can. The first two seasons definitely do this at the end of almost every episode, if I'm not mistaken. There's a little bit more going on. Like okay. the very first episode, the National Anthem, You, uh, everybody always remembers the very end with <clears throat> his wife, like the look that's exchanged between them. It's mm-hmm. like the time has gone by since he's, again, spoiler alert, fucked a pig on national television ostensibly for nothing it, it he ended up not actually needing to have done it but they totally tricked him into it go watch the episode anyways yeah. there's that moment with him and his wife where it's like clearly like the wife is never gonna look at him the same again mm-hmm. regardless of the fact that like he did this in the most virtuous way possible and like you know to save somebody's life at least what he thought at the time that moment though that's in the credits like the credits have already started and it fades back up to that final scene with them Mm-hmm. So that's a reoccurring thing, definitely through the first two seasons. But I don't know if season three does that, and I know that season four did not do that. There no. was no like tail end stuff in the credits. Yeah, but but watching that and realizing that they're all actors, it makes sense because she's like, "We're gonna have tasers in case," but try not to get too close because if she does confront you, we have to start the day all over again. Yeah, and shout out, you got Michael Smiley in there yes. from Kill List and uh, The World's End. Yeah, like he's kind of the leader of like mm-hmm. explaining to you everything. I loved his on. outfit in the Black Museum. Mm-hmm. His outfit is in one of the frames of the Black Museum. I completely missed that, dude. I know there were so it's many just the it's it's but... literally the red jacket and the and the mask. I guess I did notice the mask. I didn't know that it was his character specifically, yeah. but I did know um, there was a white bear reference. Yeah, because yeah. um. And when, cause, cause again, the, the twist of like, you feel so terrible. And then like, you realize you're like, I'm, I was instantly on board. I had no qualms whatsoever about everything that was going down. Cause like, I felt like, wait a minute, what if she was on like a fucking running man game show? And then when it turned out that that's what it was and the mo the, the brutalist part actually is if you listen, you hear that this is the trials ended in June and he walks down and it's like October 24th mm-hmm. and he marks off an X and you're like, Damn, don't know how long the sentence is, but this has been going on this bitch for three Every months. Single day. Yeah, it's like dude. the most fucked up Groundhog Day ever, man. Like, yeah. you would think that by then her brain would start to realize exactly what happens. And she, I mean, she's not going to go anywhere. Because yeah. I told somebody the other so, day, if they ever close McIntyre Air Force Base, we got a place. And it's already fenced in. Let's just do it. <laughs> Why not? So we hit that one. That was my my number one for season two, yeah, uh, specifically. And okay, so the other one from season two that we did or did not mention is the Waldo experiment, which I enjoy. Yeah, I enjoyed it as a concept, not as much as a full on episode. But again, that's the thing with all of these, like because the it ends with him. Are always interesting, and the acting is always of a certain level. That like even the ones that don't stick with me as much, I still think they're of a certain caliber. You know? Yeah. There's none of the, there's no episode that I'm like, this one sucks or I hate this one. But yeah, Waldo Experiment definitely ranks on the low end for me. So I like separating a- out uh, White Christmas, again, which we've talked a little it bit about. It stands on its own. And it's one that I wouldn't want to spoil for people. Go watch it. That still stands uh, at this point as my personal favorite episode of the entire run so far. And you've got to watch that one to be able to make sense of San Junipero. And you also need to watch that one before you get to Black Museum in season four, because for me, uh, Black Museum basically was the closest thing to White Christmas they've done since White Christmas in terms oh, of having threading like the, the, threading the technology and then coming back to, yeah, that and was great. like referencing stuff that had already happened. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just 
beautifully done. So, okay, we'll move into season three. Yeah. Uh, did you have a clear? Obviously, I'm assuming you're going with San Junipero. Mm-hmm. That's going to be your favorite. Yeah. What did you think of Shut Up and Dance? I I would have to rewatch it. I did not make the connection of what exactly he was looking at until the end. You shouldn't have. You sh- I shouldn't have. Yeah. Okay, good. I didn't realize <laughs> that either. That was a nice thread, too, because the entire time you're like, all Again, he did was just jerk you're off. You're feeling so bad for this kid and all the shit he's having to go through, and you're right there with him because extremely convincing, visceral performance. Um, and yeah, when you get the reveal at the end, which sends you back to the beginning of the episode, the scene with the little girl at his fast food restaurant where he works, which you initially perceived as like very, very sweet, and now when you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. Wait, wait, wait. What happened at the beginning? There's a moment early in the episode where a little girl drops a toy or something, and he goes to hand it to her in the fast food restaurant where he works, and there's a look that he gives her, and you're assuming he's just being kind of like sweet and nice and everything, Mm -hmm. but when you recontextualize it with what he was looking at on his computer, which is what led to this whole series of events and him being forced to do all this different stuff... um, it just, yeah, it makes you reframe that moment. Yeah, like, because... holy shit. Because when he meets up with the older guy, and, and like, the older guy's like, I got a wife in this, you're like, damn, this kid is like, he just let him, okay, so you jerked off, whatever. Who cares? Mm-hmm. You know? And you're like, this older guy's got more to lose. But when you see at the end that, like, okay, yeah, all right, his marriage may be over, but, like, unless we're led to believe that the prostitute they were talking about was 16 years old or, like, underage... Which they don't really say. Mm-hmm. And we don't ever know if he's actually met up with her already before or not. Like, you know, I would have, I mean, I don't know. I would have secretly loved it if it was, because I know they, they had a big to-do about this when it actually happened. I would have loved it if it was actually, like, to catch a predator people. And they were just, like, basically finding ways to, like, make, you know, predators fight each other. Like, you know, pedophiles, like, fight back and mm-hmm. forth. But it is also, like, super fucked up because you don't know how that kid is. Like, obviously, he's old enough to go to a job and, like, drive, you know. He can't, no, he can't really drive. He has to take a bike. Mm-hmm. So you don't know how old he is. I mean, because, I mean, it's one thing if he was, like, 23 and, you know, the person he's looking at is, like, you know, way, way underage. But if he's 16, 15, 16, and it's the same thing and it's, like, you know, another 15, 16-year-old, that's that gray area of, like, the well, they're both underage. But they're you're saying they're implying that like what he would have looking at would have been like super super young and super like just yeah. disgust. Okay, see, I and the thing is, I didn't get that, and I thought I was supposed to know that. But if you're telling me now that watching it that like, you know, you're not supposed to know that to the very end. It's like, yeah, I looked at pictures too. Like, yeah, yeah. No, they reveal that to you after he's already fought the dude and he's walking down the street and you see police approaching in the background and you've got my favorite Radiohead song, Exit Music for a Film, playing mm-hmm. in the background, which is maybe a little bit of why this is like my cream of the crop for season three. But the whole episode is just like super intense throughout and then like total gut punch of an ending again because I was like so on board for like just feeling bad for this kid and the situation that he gets caught up in and just like, oh my God, like the links that he's had to go to, all of this shit. And then to like fully process like, oh yeah, like 
he could have just, you know, any normal person is just like, oh, yeah, I got caught doing this. Like, okay, whatever. Shrug it off unless they felt like extreme embarrassment or they were going to be exposed to their parents or something or their friends or whatever. But, yeah, re- fully processing it, it was like, okay, Black Mirror just went, like, ultra dark. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, just one of the bleakest endings. But, again, that's part of what I like about this show. No, so. dude, the most super bleak one I've seen, Playtest. Playtest pretty bleak. I agree. I, I feel so bad. I I mean I enjoy because it. dude, there are moments in there where the lighting is perfect, and I'm like, is that Kurt? <laughs> like I swear to God, dude. And like all I'm thinking about is like his mom in real life and his dad in real life and all that. But like Wyatt, I can see that. Wyatt no. fucking kills it, dude. Great, great episode. Yeah. yeah. Wyatt Russell. Uh, season opens with nosedive. Bryce Dallas Howard. I would love it. Um, I enjoyed that. I had the most fun well. with that one. Like, just as a good, I just, I love it. Yeah, no, I thought it was the most, like, darkly comedic oh, yeah. of the season, for sure. Um, I, even though I know, yeah. I love okay. the ending. So, what else are we missing? You're missing Hated in the Nation. Hated in the Nation, which I will go on record as right now. Only episode of Black Mirror I haven't seen. I, uh, I never finished season three and i never watched it before i started season four and it's it's my little thing like you were talking about with friday night lights earlier you know if you don't watch i always got that one black mirror episode in my back pocket to just throw on at a moment's notice so it can fool you in the opening because it is a bit of like a procedural police procedural and it's like an hour and a half it takes a bunch of turns and the final turn you take is like holy shit from where it starts but the ending totally fucking... It's a great way to ride out the season. Okay. I like it. I'll, I'll get to it. Yeah. So look forward to those thoughts eventually. So that that was season three. The other one, I guess, is... Uh, Playtest. We missed the one. It's Same the soldiers. Uh, oh, Men Against Fire. Men Against Fire. Thank I you. liked it, but... That's a that's another lesser tier one for me. Yeah. Interesting concept. Didn't fully like take it all the way there. Yeah, like anytime Doug Stamper is telling me stuff, I'll listen. I don't know his name in real life. Or CJ I, from uh, Dawn of the, the Dead. I don't know my head either. Yeah. But yeah, good actor. Uh, but yeah, okay. So I think we hit them all. So, and season four, we've already talked about Callister. Big fans of that one. Hang the DJ, uh, a little bit lower for me than it is for you. Sounds like that was your favorite. It was tough because I did like Black Museum. Black Museum was my number one. But I did like four. it's so weird because like spoiler, Hang the DJ is not it has nothing to do with real life. It is all in a system. It's, yeah. and that is that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of all of these. When you when you take a back when the, all the ones that deal with that cognit co- cognition and like 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 White Christmas, you know. Well, you don't need to tell us anything. We already got it. You know, like that, your mind, your consciousness, what it can do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, to me, what they're banking, what to me, what they're banking on is they're the this show as a whole is saying that our consciousness. It's not the thing to worry about. It's the apparatus and the machines in which we will be using. Those are the ones that we need to worry about. Because the the metalhead one, like I watched that last night. And oh my god, dude! It that robot dog thing creeped me the fuck out because we have that technology right now. It's my second favorite of season four. Yeah, because it is just straight up visceral 
horror storytelling. And yeah, dude, it's it's the Terminator. It's Robo Terminator. And we we well see. Here's my thing, because you the the dog has the key in its finger. So did we? And again, you the the unknown in these is the best part. So did we? We created it because we like I said, you've seen the the if you haven't seen the footage, we have that technology now. Yeah, where they they, that dog has been posting that all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. So did we create those as like our new servants, our new slaves? They did stuff for us. They could get into our houses. They could go get us food. They could go get our laundry, get our mail. Our and did some and, and of course the military weaponized them because that's what the military does. So did the weaponized ones realize? Wait a minute, we're better than our creators. Did they become self-aware like Skynet? And it's not a nuke thing. It's this dog race. I wasn't even paying attention. He's like, oh yeah, there used to be pigs here. The dogs got them. Like dogs, fuck. And then the dog thing shows up, and I'm like, sitting there, and about maybe ten minutes left, I'm like, oh shit, the dogs are what killed the pigs. Like I'm just, I had like a water moment with dad, mm-hmm. but like in this episode <laughs> by myself, like, oh right. shit, that's what killed the pigs. All right, and then to know what they were going to look for, the yeah. last shot. Oh my god. I know, man. So fucking bleak. Exactly. Uh. So uh, we briefly skipped over uh, Archangel and Crocodile, which are my two least favorites. I'd say Archangel being my overall least favorite. Me too. And Crocodile I enjoyed, but almost bordered on Bleak for the sake of Bleak Yeah. to me, which uh, the show doesn't usually cross over into, but that episode I still don't quite know how I feel about it. The line it. about him, what a poor guy, he was blind. What? Yeah. Okay, doesn't make me feel any better. It no, makes you feel ten times worse. worse. Exactly. You know. Yeah, but that that was really felt like twisting the knife at a certain point. But yeah. anyways, if only um, to get you amped up for the happiness of hanging the DJ that absolutely. came next. So, those were our rambling thoughts on Black Mirror as a whole. Uh, again, go check out the site where we'll have a definitive uh, listing of the episodes ranked by the Archive staff. I'll definitely incorporate what we talked about here. Sounds like you're a little, not not to shit talk, you're a little more with the populist vote here. Uh, part of the reason Mayfield and I wanted to put a list together is because a lot of the big lists have ones that we absolutely love towards the bottom. Like, and I just, I don't get it. There was one list that had White Christmas ranked as the worst episode of Black Mirror. Can you believe that that's a list that exists? Who wrote it? Was it I didn't Drudge even, Report? I didn't even mark the site in my brain because I wanted to forget it immediately. But I should have had it right here to shout them out, yeah. call them out. But anyways, look for our definitive list on the com, And stay tuned. We're, this is, again, our first episode. And we already said we're coming back very soon, hopefully within the week. Yes. For our top ten favorite shows of all time. And that can be anything, dude. I mean, animation, half-hour comedy, hour-long drama. Whatever, dude. You know, Saved by Just the Bell def- and <laughs> damn it. and Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. If you bring in picks like that, oh my god, the ridicule! I'm doing total niche, dude. Okay, go for it. I mean, it is your favorites, your personal favorites. Okay, well, why don't we? Oh god, this is gonna be tough, dude. Because like, or do obviously, you narrow it down. To obviously, like, adult me is gonna be like fucking you know True Detective, but like, fifteen year old Gavin, he really liked. Uh, what did 15 year old Gavin like and did I even watch TV 
when I was 15. <laughs> yeah, 15 year old Gavin liked ER and Friends and Will and Grace. Again, dude, we've got suits. entire seasons to do of top 10 list and like shows we can cover. So let's do broad as hell. You make whatever list you want to. Top 10 favorite shows of the moment. Whatever the hell you want to, however you want to think of it. But that'll be episode two. A okay. good getting to know you session so that everybody who's not already acquainted with our varying tastes uh, across all of the other podcasts that we do, they can figure that out here. Anyways, for now, this has been the first episode of the TV Arc on the Arc of E Network. I have been Noah. And I have been Gavin. And we've been the Blanchard Brothers. Thanks for listening, guys. stuck around this long as promised trivia question your chance to win american gods season one a digital copy your question very very simple what connects american gods season one and black mirror season four Hmm. is it an actor is it a director you might be able to do it more than one way but the first person to give me a correct answer by emailing thearchivee at gmail.com wins American Gods Season 1. Uh, include your Instagram and or Twitter handle so that I can direct message you the code if you are the winner and uh, include your answer. And uh, yeah, that'll prove to us you at least listen to the very end of this. I'm not going to tag it in the show notes, so hopefully you stuck around to hear the trivia question. And I'm going to shout it out when I post this to Instagram. But uh, yeah, so... Hopefully you listen this far. Again, what connects American God Season 1 and Black Mirror Season 4? I have no idea. Okay. I was trying to think well, about it. I was going to say, like, don't uh, answer it in the room. Well, yeah, no, I have no idea. Ruin it, but I'll tell you as soon as we cut mics. Perfect. Okay. Okay. So, look forward to hearing from you guys. And, uh, yeah, hope you, uh, hope you enjoy American God Season 1. Whoever wins it, good luck to you. Signing off. I just want to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you.